listen to episode 56, where I asked Dr. Jeff all the questions about cataracts. From the in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee, it's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome this week to another episode of As I See It. I'm Dr. Jeff Kegaris coming to you live from Cool Springs Eye Care in Franklin, Tennessee. Today, I'm really privileged to have Dr. Daniel Kelly talking on some more functional aspects of vision. We've kind of called this the difference between sight and vision. And so, first of all, Dr. Kelly, we appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. So, let's get right into how we see. Because when we think about how we see, most people go, well, how's my child see? Can you read that billboard out there, right? And 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 then they say, if they can, oh, my my child's doing fine perfect and if they vision. Yeah, perfect yeah. vision yeah and i can see a you know a flea on an eagle flying it you know okay but he doesn't read very well and that's uh, but <laughs> anyway so um, well, that's because he doesn't like it that's exactly right that's why he avoids it yeah there's got to be medicine for that mm-hmm. so but there's more to it than just that if if somebody can't see that billboard well then we as parents say oh i better get those eyes checked you can't see the board let's right. say And so they bring them in for an eye health and a vision examination, and we may need glasses or contacts, but there's more to it than that. So let's start with the very basics of why is what we take care of optically not all there is to it. There's more to vision than just sight. Well, that's a great segue into this because sight is like what Dr. Jeff just said, visual acuity. When you sit down in that exam lane and you look out there at the eye chart, you're telling the doctor, the tech, what is it? And when they give you that near card, oh, I can see 20-20 at near, 20-20 at distant. I must have perfect vision. But that's a great starting point. We need visual clarity to have a good foundation for what we want to talk about today, which is vision, functional vision. It's what happens inside the brain. And when we have these two eyeballs We want them working together. So when we have a kid that says, hey, uh, I love playing ball sports. I can see that leaf on a tree. Well, yeah, you have really good visual clarity, visual acuity. But does that kid, are they good at catching a ball, throwing a ball? You know, if it was an adult driving that car, parallel parking, is this someone you want to ride with? That's more functional vision, spatial awareness. And that's what we look at when we talk about, you know, a comprehensive eye exam versus a functional vision exam. So when I see patients in clinic, I'm typically seeing them on a Tuesday and Friday at Cool Springs Eye Care for their eye health exam. But if they come in complaining of, oh, I'm having headaches at the end of the day, my, my kid is not reading well, well, then we start to think about our gears start turning and say, does this person need a functional vision exam? So, Dr. Jeff, um, what do you typically do with someone like this uh, in a clinic? Yeah, first of all, I try to explain to mom and dad, and when we're checking this, that in a typical 
eye health and vision exam, we're looking at three areas. We're looking at the prescription state for far away and up close. Mm-hmm. So do you are you nearsighted, farsighted? Do you have any astigmatism? Do we need to correct that? That's the optical part. And we're looking at the binocular state, which is how the eyes team together. In general, when they're looking far away, are they using both eyes? When they look up close, are we using both eyes? And are they aimed on the target? Are they having to work extra hard to do so? And then we're looking at ocular health. And so those are the three, ocular health meaning, do you know, do you have any cataracts, glaucoma, anything that inhibits your ability to see, any infections? Uh, so those three main areas, refractive state, binocular state, ocular health state, are all part of a comprehensive eye health and vision exam. If all of those are working well, we typically will get a nice clear picture. I can look at a tree out there, and I can look at a tree up close, and for the most part, on a brief visit, I can see those things because they image themselves through the visual system to the back of the brain. That's called the occipital lobe. Right in the back of my brain, I got a picture of something. I have no idea what it is at that point, but I know I, as an eye doctor, have made it clear there. But then we have to interpret what we see. And that goes from the back of the brain to the front of the brain, to the frontal lobe. And ideally, when things are working really well, because the eye is really an extension of the brain, we use other neurons that interpret then what we see. And they take a highway from the occipital lobe back up to the frontal lobe. But there are many of us, myself included, when I was younger, and maybe sometimes now, according to my wife, who, instead of taking the highway from optically clear to interpret what it is, I take a little bit of a side road, and I stop there, and I take a picture and then i go back on a, i don't want to go on the highway i want to go on this byway and i want to stop at the rest area and then i'll get on the highway for a little bit but you know i'm going to stop and i'm going to go get something to eat now eventually i'm going to make it to the frontal lobe but it takes longer and so my processing my visual processing takes longer not because i'm not smart it's just the way that my neurons are kind of functioning or aligned And yet there's a more efficient way to do that because if I'm in a more extreme case, really inefficient with that, I'm going to give up, you know, and I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to get tired and then I won't comprehend what I've read because it's been so all kinds of issues. So you've got these two systems in place optically. What do you need to see it clearly? Okay. Which does include some muscle balance. So we, we look at muscle balance, but then once I've got it there now, what really allows me to function is taking the highway from the back of the brain to the front of the brain. And if I'm not doing that, then I have problems with visual processing, visual memory, visual integration, all these visual terms that I'm going to say, I want you to see Dr. Kelly or Dr. Martin for a further evaluation because based upon your history, because we do a a history in five to 15 year olds to try to find out from their behaviors, plus what we examine is this something that we need to look into further? And then we would set them up for a, uh, a muscle and a neurobinocular right eye test or consultation with you or Dr. Martin. So that's basically what I do. And most parents go, God, you hit it on the head. I mean, I, he's really smart, but uh, I just thought, you know, but he doesn't wear any glasses. What, what's the problem? It must not be eyes. When in fact, it's all part of the brain processing. Yeah, and sometimes they might even say, Dr. Jeff, have you been living with me? Because this is exactly <laughs> how my kid is acting. Where Exactly. Um, we've got a great intake survey for, for our patients um, at all clinics. But it looks at things like, does this child skip lines, reread sentences, or an adult? Do they omit small words or add like words? 
they struggle with sight words, especially those, you know, first grade to fourth grade students learning those sight words. It can be very frustrating. And if the eyes are not working together well, that's that binocular balance, that muscle teaming that Dr. Jeff was just talking about. They're spending so much energy, so much neurometabolic energy on just crowding the eyes and figuring out brain collects data going, what did you guys just collect for me? Go back and reread that they have nothing left over to move that to short-term working memory. Mm -hmm. So when um, you have a kid that's learned a new sight word, they get to the next page on a book and you're like, we just spent five minutes on this word and they forgot it. Mm -hmm. Well, that kid may have issues with eye teaming. And what's quite common in a school setting? Well, this kid moves over to their reading intervention specialist. And that's great. It will teach fluency and sentence structure and timing, but it doesn't fix eye muscle teaming. And again, think of that like physical therapists or occupational therapists for fine motor, gross motor imbalances. You know, if I had a gait issue, if, if I was walking with a limp, I'm going to go see my physical therapist or my orthopedic doc. They're going to put me through therapy. And when we see that in the eye care world, we start thinking, hey, you need to go see the behavioral eye doctor, mm -hmm. um, the functional vision specialist, and, and see if we can get uh, a roadmap back to uh, high performance with the visual system. As I see it, we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jeff Kageris with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years, and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. I find that parents, once, they're, once they see certain tests, or once they hear certain things, you're right. It's kind of an aha moment. I had a, a parent the other day that said, oh, my gosh, nobody's ever explained this to me. And, you know, because sometimes I feel like I'm trying to explain too much because I really want them to understand. Right. But she said, oh, this is, this is, I've, we've been to PT, we've been to OT. No, nobody's really explained it like that. That's exactly, like you said, it's an aha moment. That's exactly what's happening with her, with my child. And, in fact, You've just explained to me, we have a family history of this. You've just explained what's going on with five other people in my family right now. And now I think I understand it better. And so um, sometimes there are those aha moments. Others, they will kind of say, well, but, but he sees really well, right? So we are seeing an increase in uh, with more remote learning, mm -hmm. an increase in symptomatology, difficulties with school, which we don't want to just write off as, well, you know, it's COVID. Yeah. Because, man, a lot of kids at very critical junctures in their educational process. And now we got this, you know, people telling us, oh, we're, remote learning is the same as being in the classroom. And yet we know that's an increased concentration on neuromuscular tasks, mm -hmm. right? The ability to converge the ability to focus the ability to blink at the right time and enough and dry eyes come into play there but also an increased need to be attentive right. which is not always easy for everybody so why are we seeing more remote learning problems now than we did when people were in the classroom well let's go back to just the analogy an analogy for that 
that person, uh, that individual that's struggling. Let's call brain the bike rider and the body be eyes, which makes up 80% of what we process and sensory information to brain. Um, then you have gross motor, your arms, uh, legs, and then fine motor, your hands trying to write something. Um, think of that as a bicycle rider and the bike. And if you have a smart bike rider, uh, you know we can have a conversation um, about a lot of stuff. This could be a third, a third grader. But, man, when you get to reading, you're wondering, why is this person not riding that, you know, reading that well? Well, if you've ever had a bike with a flat tire, you can still ride the bike. If you've ever had a bike with a gear that's stuck in 10th gear, you could probably still ride the bike. It wouldn't be fun. But what's going to happen at the end of that, that day? If school was riding a bike around a track, well, not everybody has the same bike. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely tell that person's fatiguing quickly. Going from a classroom setting to a homeschooled setting with a screen that's at a fixed distance of probably 16 inches away from a student's face, that's going from a flat surface that we're riding that bicycle on to almost like we're riding uphill. So it's more fatigue. In a classroom setting, that student could, when they needed a break from the screen, they could look away. They could look at the teacher. Typically, that teacher is probably 5 to 20 feet further from them. But in a classroom setting on Zoom, everybody's at the same fixed distance. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing this, and you may have from parents too. They're like, my child would get in trouble if they weren't looking at the camera. So uh, we were just (laughs) talking about this before we started this podcast. It's like you know, asking kids to do a wall sit for three hours at a time. Good luck to you. Yeah. Right. right. So I think that's why we're having more issues with students working from home and digital screen time because they're – visually using more muscle and muscle strain to get more information. And we're stressing the system. So the people that might be marginal that can get by in a regular classroom, now we're putting more emphasis on those marginally productive, either muscle balance, motility issues, or their brain processing. We're now challenging that more. And so it, it now it's really taxed and having a tough time. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so, so Functional vision, how's that different than sight? Great question. Sight, I like to break up the visual system into, you know, there's about 18 different um, variables or, um, you know, things that we can measure in the optical side of uh, things for eye care plus the muscle balance part of the function of this visual system. So eyesight is just sitting there. We call that static visual acuity. When you sit in that exam lane and you look at a chart far away, target isn't moving. And I'm you're not, not moving. moving. Yeah. Very low-level function. Mm-hmm. But it's a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Now, functional vision is how do both of those eyes see well together? Do you have good depth perception at distance, near? Do you still have good visual clarity if that target starts to move or you start to move? That's an athlete. Think of a baseball player or a football player trying to catch a ball. And then we have reaction time, so visual um, reaction time. We also have visual motor integration. We're talking about eyes collect data, and then body gets communicated to from brain. So if that's off, then we're going to have functional issues. Think of your kids that have poor handwriting. It might be related to a visual problem. I also like to stress this to parents is that when you have a kid that's less than seven, there's a great chart out there that shows what is a kid 
at the age of seven look like compared to a kid with a vision-related learning issue, an allergic allergy issue that's untreated, a kid that has ADD or ADHD? Well, they all look the same. So when we get these students that come in, these, these patients, young patients that are already being prescribed medications for what they think are ADD and ADHD, it inhibits, you know, eventual development and learning through coping with these difficulties at a young age. So um, I always recommend when we're talking about eyesight versus functional vision, make sure that we get them in early before we are starting to prescribe them a stimulant to just get that bike rider more energy, even though we've never touched that bike. So why don't we, why doesn't every eye exam delve deep into functional vision? Time. Ah, just practicality, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But we have ways to start to, you know, enlighten the, the doctor, the technicians through those intake forms. And then we have some tests that we can do that aren't involved in a lot of, you know, they're quick. Mm-hmm. They can be part of your comprehensive exam. And they they give us a pretty good insight on function quickly. Do you have any idea what percentage of, of children, let's say in America or in our school district, have a functional problem that's maybe not identified that we could help if you took a hundred kids and they came in for eye exams about how many of those would have an issue that could benefit from, um, from functional and behavioral approach. I don't have the stat off the top of my head, but a great resource to give you this information is the college of vision development Mm -hmm. or the college of optometry and vision development. And they have that stat for you. Okay. Um, But there's a, there's a, a lot because I'm seeing more kids that are being prescribed uh, ADHD, ADD medication, which they could have that, mm-hmm. but they've never been evaluated for a functional vision issue. They haven't been that evaluated for allergies, um, food or environmental, and they might be seven and younger. So mm-hmm. that's where it's really important to get this caught um, or looked at early. Mm-hmm. And one of the friends of the program is Dr. Choi, who practices as an uh, allergy immunology specialist here in Franklin. And so, um, you know, very similar discussions with, with her on, you know, the earlier that we can evaluate this, the better, even if normal, at least we know, but what we don't want to do is catch it, catch things later when we could have intervened a little bit sooner and ameliorated or helped the situation. So getting back to, to vision, how we see, um, what, what you're basically saying is, we know as eye doctors these are important, but we've got to kind of prioritize on the pyramid some, and we got to say, boy, let's we got to make sure there's not a big eye health problem. Right. We have to do some basic binocular tests to make sure there's not a extensive binocular both eye working together problem, and we have to check the prescription issues, and all of that takes a certain amount of time. And if we really had it ideal, we would say now. Secondly everybody's going to have this functional evaluation where we're really going to dig in much deeper to all those 18 systems. But the reality is, you know, we can't do that. The parents won't want to do that because it takes too much time. And, and quite frankly, the yield is lower. A lot of those kids that would go into that second exam would not have any problems. And so they'd be normal. That being said, there are a number that would, and that mm-hmm. number that would would really benefit from it. So what we have to do is try in the first exam, if you care about this, as we do at our practices, you know, a lot of eye doctors will just ignore it. I will tell you, I would say 80% of doctors 
eye doctors in in middle tennessee and across the country just it's just it, because we don't have anything that we're going to treat for it we're not going to even check for it right? right you have to really scream loud and find your own resources we're mm-hmm. at least trying to check and identify these people so that we can get them to the specialty centers where you and dr martin can really do your your great work with them so part of it requires do i have that history that's even asking these questions about my child, right? right? Am I getting a score there on their functional behavior? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's where we talked about the COVD score. And it's it's very important to get this looked at early because what happens after we get out of elementary school? I get a lot of um, talk in the exam lane like, oh, that's just Johnny. He doesn't like to read. Oh, he doesn't like the story. Well, okay. Does he not like the act of reading or does he not like the good story or the, the story of the book? Mm-hmm. Because most people like a good movie, but do you like collecting the data yourself? And so that's where it gets really interesting to see how people answer this question. I have a lot of patients that squirm when I ask them, do you like reading? And they think the answer should be yes. But then when we say, do you like the act of reading or do you like the act of reading and the story? Well, then you start to get the answer. And they'll say, the act of reading makes me tired. I have to reread a lot. I get frustrated. I get headaches. That's when we know we probably have a functional vision problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, some of those functional vision problems are are known by, by labels, you know, dysgraphia, mm-hmm. dyslexia. Mm-hmm. But every difficulty with reading is not dyslexia. Can you help us with that? Yeah. So when we have uh, development of this visual system as we are um, getting older, and we're talking about you know, 5 to 15, we're developing skills in the brain to help with visual processing skills. So we're talking about visual discrimination, visual memory, visual sequential memory, two different things. Um, Visual figure ground, where's Waldo? Visual form constancy, think of that like Tetris. Can you take that L-shaped shape that's twisting and turning and fit it into that block? Uh, That's what a dentist will do. That's what your surgeons will do. They see they have high-level processing skills. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, visual closure, which is the highest form of visual perceptual skills. That is your ability to um, have visualization in in your mind. And I like to think of Jason Day or Tiger Woods, these athletes that are able to see their shot, believe it, and then produce it. And when we are uh, developing these skills – Early on, it may look like if we have a deficit, uh, a problem with form constancy uh, can look like dyslexia, not knowing which direction a B, a D, a P, a Q goes. And if a kid doesn't know their rights and left yet and they have poor visual memory, and how can we, you know, how can we say that's dyslexia? Mm-hmm. So for someone to be dyslexic, and you, you can still be dyslexic and have eye movement issues, We need a large vocabulary, and we need some development. We need to get up to typically 9, 10, 11 years old before you feel comfortable. But these other skills need to be taken care of. And then interventions can be placed in a a school setting for someone that has dyslexia. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to just say, oh, that's dyslexia, they're done. Right. And we want to make sure. Or use that as an excuse from then on, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a parent out there, and I'm sitting and listening to this, and I say, I you know, I, I don't know if my child has this and I'm going in for my eye exam. Um, what things do parents need to do in communicating part of the history to their eye doctor that is helpful for you and me in determining, hey, we're going to look obviously at the site, but we want to see how this visual function is. Yeah. So one of the 
one of the, um, you know, I think of this as a tool in my tool belt. A doc told me this a long time ago. If you have a student that's in first grade or whatever grade they're in, if you just multiply for the parent, multiply um, their grade times 10 minutes, that's how long it should take um, you to do homework. So uh, if you've got a kid that's in fourth grade and it's taking you more than 40 minutes to do homework or they're fighting you or having homework wars, you may have a kid that's that has visual um, processing issues or eye teaming issues. If they're also uh, having avoidance of reading, those are their signs for that. Um, difficulty the, the, with... The big huff, right? Yeah. <sighs> I can't do this, right? Yeah. Um, difficulty with uh, time management. That's another one. Unable to keep up with a day planner. They typically do well with a brand new day planner. You bought one for the beginning of the school, two weeks in, that thing is long gone. And what they're relying on, if they're a smart bike rider... Mm-hmm is their brain, their memory. But when you get to reading and writing, they want to bite your hand off. They're ready to just go to war with you. Yep. They're weighing this fight. They say, this is better to argue with you than to do this assignment. <laughs> and if you break early, they're going to continue. So making sure that when you're going for your eye exam, uh, your comprehensive eye health and vision exam mm-hmm. for with us or with your eye doctor, you want to make sure you're mentioning not just how they see the billboard, but how they're functioning in school, what they're strong at, what they may have some weaknesses, because it could be that there are other issues that can be improved upon. Yeah. And these are very readily available. I mean, we, we know we have a lot of evidence-based medicine if we have a weak eye and we have amblyopia, lazy eye therapy, mm-hmm. if we have a convergence problem or a divergence problem, a muscular issue. Well, we also have the similar type of things when it comes to functional vision and the way the brain processes that image on the back and how it interprets the image to the front. And that's an area where a lot of people need some refinement, right. need some tuning up. So if you're uh, make sure that you as a parent are bringing a good history to the eye exam. But then also, if you've had an eye exam, um, if you haven't had an eye exam, set one up at Cool Springs Eye Care. 615-771-7555 or Donaldson Eye Care, 615-889-0147. But if you've already had an eye exam with us or anybody else and you still feel like there may be some areas you want your child evaluated, you want to set up a consultation at Performance Vision Therapy um, with Dr. Kelly or Dr. Martin right here in Franklin or the Center for Vision Development right here in Franklin uh, with Dr. Kelly or Dr. Martin. They rotate through both practices and they really concentrate on behavioral eye care in a multidisciplinary approach. It can make such a huge difference in both improving the performance for your child, but also lessening your anxiety as a parent. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah. So um, in, in the interest of time management, we've touched on that there's more to vision than just sight. It's not just the optics, it's more to that. And so uh, we appreciate Dr. Kelly joining us today to talk about this. We'll have you back in the future to talk about some of the specific therapies that you might do if you find certain aspects and how you improve those type of performances in our kids. Uh, Once again, Daniel, thank you very much for sharing your time and for helping make the care that we provide more than good eye care, but a great healthcare experience for our patients. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. Appreciate it.